Welcome to Wednesday Night Musical Osmosis, where intelligent dissonant thought meets melodic euphonious reality. I am your musically magnanimous host, Nick the Saucy One Cat Source, broadcasting to you as always from the top of Meth Mountain, Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my procussively proficient co-host, calling in all the way from Charm City, baby, my pal, Odell Norman is with us. What is going on, man? How you doing? How am I doing? Let me let me get D in here first, and then I will tell you how I'm doing. I push it all the important sanitized buttons from her hermetically sealed bubble in the next room. It is our fabulous actor, singer, and all around keeping this train on the tracks producer, the marvelous D. That's me. Yay. I tried to say magnificent and marvelous, and the brains collided in my like fucking it. head, marvelous. and I said marvelous. marvelous. So, yes. how do I put an entry in the Urban Dictionary? Um, I th- I don't know. We'll have to Google it. I want to put Mavulous, and it's a definition. I want to put Very D-like. Yes, I like it. There you go. And then you'll finally have a legacy. Yay. Congratulations. Other than my masks, <laughs> which are, like, my favorite new thing, um, that's right. Go to Etsy and look up 3D Does Things. Or just follow the links on my page, etc. You can find it. It's really easy. Um, my newest mask, of course, says, "Would you shut up, man?" And, yeah. And, <laughs> I don't know, but I had to do it. Or sorry, it says, "Will you shut up, man?" It's perfect. I love it. Yep, wear it everywhere. Oh. See what happens. So, um, as you kind of hinted to, the debates were last night. And I, I'm not going to go into politics because then I'll, you know, Squeaky will leave because I'll be sitting here for an hour straight ranting without letting anybody else even in the conversation. But I do want to say this because this tickled my funny bone this morning. So after Trump made that insane comment about the Proud Boys, to the Proud Boys, the stand back oh, yeah. and stand by, we all know what I'm talking about. The Proud Boys got their creative heads together and made a new logo. So first thing this morning, oh, I'm seeing the logo everywhere. It's like the Proud Boys new logo, but I didn't read the actual post. All I saw was like the PB with the little fucking barley leaves. And I thought it was an ad for Paps Blue Ribbon. And I was like, oh, weird <laughs> Paps Blue Ribbon ad. And I looked at it. I was like, this is the, the Proud Boys? I was like, man, dude, their creative team sucks. So I went and I was like, am I remembering this wrong? I went over and I looked at Past Blue Ribbon, like I Googled their logo, thank God for the internet, and then make sure my memory's not failing. And I was like, dude, this is almost the exact same logo. And it's just once again <laughs> proving that white supremacy is the cheap, watered-down piss of human philosophies. That they have this yes, and I superimposed it. I put went in the Canva and took the Past Blue Ribbon logo, and I superimposed a little Proud Boy barley leaf. Because nothing says, you know, tough 
take it to the streets like barley leaves and put it o- over top of it. <laughs> and I was like, dude, except for the color, because it's all black and yellow and pastel rhythm is all like blue and uh, blue white. And silver and red, yeah, yeah, except for the, the color scheme, it is almost the identical of fucking logo. So Wonder- can we say that racists and Nazis aren't really that creative? Yeah. Not really. They're not. Yeah, they're not. They're not. I mean, but you see the guys that are in that group, so it, it doesn't surprise me that. And I'm not here to stereotype anybody, but you can stereotype. When I saw who they were, I'm comfortable with that. <laughs> yeah. When I saw them, and because you know, immediately after everything that happened last night, there it was like a whole bunch of stuff won them. I was like, yeah. When and then I saw your your uh, uh, post today about it, and I was like, yeah, it, yeah, that that fits the mold right there. That's it. <laughs> So, yeah, like I said, I can go on for hours about the actual ins and outs of what happened last night, but I'm not going to do that. Um, I'll save that. Maybe I'll do an apocalyptic peanut butter someday soon. But anyways, I wanted to touch on that. Just just something humorous that came out of all this. It's mortifying, but it's also humorous that they have such a Mm -hmm. new logo. All right, D, moving (laughs) on to music things, as this is a music show. Who is... October is going to be an insane month. Tell us who else is coming on on, in October. Well, first off, I want to tell everybody about our Halloween episode. And we even have a Halloween bonus episode this year. Shaky (laughs) Sue of the Hell Freaks is going to be on our Halloween bonus episode, um, which we've never done before. But it's going to be pretty freaking awesome. And then our regular Halloween episode this year is pretty packed. We've got Kelly Mayo from Skating Polly coming back, Lyle Blackburn yeah. of Ghoul Town, Bonnie Bloomgarden of Death Valley Girls, and of course Mormo will be with us. Mormo <laughs> Zoom. Um, I should yeah. say brings all the be magic back. from Branson, the Branson horror yeah, magic. There's a combination. Yeah, There's a, yeah. an yes. al- a weird algamation hybrid for you. The yes. Branson <laughs> horror magic coming our way. Yep. And yep, um, sure. Lyle Blackburn is also going to be our artist spotlight this month. I'll put that Woo-hoo. up this week. Yes, oh, nice, make sure nice. you go to musicalosmosis.com and check all that out. It's going to be awesome. Um, but our really big show, other than the Halloween show, which is a pretty big show too, uh, we're going to have Kurt Brecht of DRI. Dirty uh, Rotten uh, Episodes, baby. Oh, that my happen? goodness gracious. I know. Tenacity, kids, tenacity. <laughs> I've been reaching out to those guys for three fucking years. And finally, I'm starting to get a lot of these interviews because everybody's like picking flowers off the wallpaper, going stir crazy, locked in their houses. And um, he finally got back with me and we had a little text back and forth and got everything set up. And I'm a happy little punk guy. Yep, yep. There it's going to be really big, really big. All righty. Any other business to attend to, my dear? Just remember to check out musicalosmosis.com for all the everythings. Yes, please go to our website. I know we're on Spotify and all the platforms. We're everywhere. But we have lots of little extras all over our website. Yes. We're on the Google. We're, we're on the Google. We're evil Google machine that you kids with the Instagrams and uh, the face chats and the Twitter threads. Okay. The snap face. All righty, tonight's guest is an intense <laughs> tattooed monster on the mic, a sonic swashbuckler on the guitar, and a longtime veteran of the underground music scene. From Cut Rate Druggist and Year of the Fist, we want to welcome Squeaky. Hello. Hey. Here. Hello, hello, and welcome. It's your first time on our show. It is. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. 
Hey, I, I ran across your music on YouTube, and I was just blown away. And one of the things that this podcast affords me as a 49-year-old man rapidly declining into senility is I'm not like <laughs> other people my age who are still listening to the same 10 or 12 fucking albums from their youth. I actually <laughs> go out there and expose myself to music all the time, and then I run across lovely bands such as Year of the Fist. Oh, yeah. well, thank you so much. Yeah, so I'm very happy about that. All right, let's get started because I'm going to start <laughs> the way we always start these shows now, the thing that consumes our everyday life. How are you dealing with COVID, not just as a musician, but also like as a human being? I noticed it hasn't really slowed you guys down a lot, man. You've got four singles out already this year. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I have to stay busy or I'm going to lose my mind. Uh, so that's kind of what it came down to. As far as, uh, you know, dealing with COVID just as a person, it's, man, it's rough. I'm not, you know, not going to not gonna lie. There's all sorts of things to deal with that you don't because you have a busy life and then COVID slows you down. And as I like to say it, the voices in your head get louder. And it's like, oh, there are things that I've been avoiding forever that I can now finally deal with. You know, 50% of it, I don't want to, but if I don't, <laughs> the, the, the voices won't shut up. So, Procrastination uh, you know, is you, tapping you on the shoulder. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know, and you know, I think just like um, you guys and, you know, every uh, everybody, everybody involved in the arts or just any hobby or anything, I really had to tell myself that it was okay to not be busy because at mm-hmm. first, you know, the first month or two, I, I lost my mind because first off, the, I just watched the rest of the year for, uh, especially year of the fifth, cut rate had some things, but just get wiped off the, off the calendar. And so as a musician that hasn't slowed down since I started, it was, I, I didn't know. I didn't know what to do because to me that was, I mean, I, this might sound stupid, but that was my identity. So now that's gone. No, no, so I get I, it, man. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then I'm like, what do what do I do? Um, but luckily, I you know am in a band with incredibly talented people, and we were just like, well, let's just keep making music. And so the singles that you've heard have all been done from our homes. We've never once nice. gotten in a room together. Yeah, so we did them all separately. Um, you know, some of us have uh, more of a setup than others, but we we made it work. And so we kind of just put ourselves. Uh, gave herself a goal, a, like a, a, t- a timetable uh, per se, and said once a month we're gonna kick out a song, and then as we're working on the other song, we're gonna work on a video for the prior song, and it it really helped. It just gave like this drive, this goal to keep going, keep going, keep going. You know, just keep on swimming kind of thing. And um, so yeah, that that's totally totally helped. And now I don't know what to do. <laughs> Well, take me back to um, about to go on tour. Like, what what did you have lined up? Is this kind of yeah. like when this first happens, it's kind of like, hey, we're just going to postpone these three or four dates because everything will be right back on track in a few weeks? Or did you kind of know from the beginning, hey, I'm in this for the long fucking haul. We're all in this for the long haul. We didn't, we didn't know we were in it for the long haul. Um, when it first happened, actually, we were on tour when it was going down. And... Um, so me and my drummer 
have been in a relationship for uh, 12 years. Whoa, so congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Yeah. So, <laughs> I know, right? Me and Dee's been in a relationship for 11 years, so we're right behind you. Oh, perfect. <laughs> awesome. Well, congrats <laughs> to you. Um, but, yeah, so we, when we got home from that tour, uh, and, you know, we were, we were careful on that tour. We knew that um, things were afoot. And at that time, we weren't being told anything by, you know, the man that calls himself our president. Uh, he wasn't giving us information, but we all, you know, things are coming out. People are getting sick. We know something big's going down. So we're really careful in the, on that tour, meaning, you know, uh, you know, not really shaking hands with people, uh, trying to be very cautious about where we sleep. And, you know, because generally it's like, we'll just go, honestly, we'll just go to anyone's house and throw our sleeping bag on the floor and at the end of the night and just pass out, you know, but we were, we, we knew something was going on. So we paid a little more attention to the way we usually tr- abuse our bodies on the road. Right. Perfect. And, um, <laughs> but that didn't really help me and uh, Hal, my drummer, we got home on a, I think it was like a Monday morning. And by Monday night, we were, we were sick as all could be. Um, oh, no. we, yeah, we still don't know if we had it. We were both laid out for quite some Can time. Can I interject real quick? When you oh, get sick yeah, and we are in the fucking height of just pandemic pandemonium, nobody knows what's going on. Are you like, holy shit, dude, I might die. This might kill one yeah. of us. I was very, I was very nervous, but again, at that time, we didn't know how serious it was. We kept, you know, we kept getting told like, it's like the flu. It's like the flu. You'll, you know. It's, you know, more people die of the flu. So at that time, we were like, okay, this is a sickness we really haven't felt before. It was very flu-like, don't get me wrong. But, you know, mm-hmm. um, we, and, you know, we, we still don't know if that's what it was. But they wouldn't right. test us because at that time, everybody was super short on I – mean, Literally, the day we got home, I think it was the next day, they shut down everything. Holy so it was shit. like yeah, oh, wow. right at the height. Yeah, so we were kind of like, well, shit. Uh, okay. So the other two members, we kept checking in. They felt fine. They felt fine. Great. So we were laid out and, uh, we were supposed to leave three weeks later to go on tour with a band called the Dolly Rot. Oh, and we know the yeah. Dolly Rot. Oh yeah. We, we know the Dolly Rot. show a few months we, ago. We love them. Hal and I have known them for a long time. We've, you know, we got to do a couple of shows this past November with them. Um, so anyway, we, we were going to leave. And so we were thinking about it. We're like, God, I wonder if this is going to happen. And, you know, in our heart of hearts, we kind of knew, didn't want to admit it. And uh, finally I got a call from Lewis and he was like, can we talk? And I was like, yep. (laughs) Oh man. Wow. He was like, like, we can't do this. And I'm like, I I'm with you. I mean, we didn't want to admit it, uh, but safety wise, it just wasn't smart for anybody. And, at that time, we still didn't know, you know, we had, I mean, we knew everyone was getting sick, but we just didn't know the extent of things. And then, so then that tour wipes away. Then we were supposed to, uh, a month later, we had a Midwest and a, a Canadian tour booked around. Oh, wow. um, okay. Yeah, we were supposed to, um, we were supposed to play a festival up in Canada and then do uh, about two weeks around it. And so we knew that was going to cancel and you know that did um i've noticed a lot of bands so like for example like um uh, i was supposed to take my son he's 11 um to see the mm-hmm. deftones uh, uh yeah. here in uh, uh dc and um but they pushed everything back a year 
So is that the same situation for you guys? I've noticed a lot of bands are just literally taking what they were going to do in 2020 and hopefully, Lord's willing, be able to do it in 2021. Is that is that the same goals and objectives for you that, guys? Yes, overall it is. Um, the uh, the Dolly Rods tour at that time, we actually it was pushed to August because we're like, all right, by August, this will all be wrapped up, right? We were and... such starry-eyed optimists <laughs> back in March of um, 2020. Back in March, we were like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Summer, that was a different era. Summer, summer will be cool. Football will be back. We'll be good. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And then, we, and then in October, and we were supposed to do an East Coast tour around Fest, uh, and I'm thinking, oh, well, by by October, it were, I mean, absolutely, this is going to be fine. And, it, you know, by the middle of summer, I was like, we're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> You're originally from the East Coast, too, right? I am. I was just about to say, yeah. um, I lived in Richmond, Virginia for a long time. Okay, nice, nice. Yeah, uh, uh, we have friends, well, Nick and I are from Southern Maryland, uh, the Charles County Waldorf area, but I live I live in Baltimore currently. But and I spent seven oh, years Richmond, in Beach, Norfolk. Yeah, so. Nick was down in Virginia Beach, Norfolk for a year, so I try to get I down there in, from time to time, definitely, yeah. That's, that's right. I lived in Baltimore for about a year before I moved to California. I used to run okay. um, sound at, at a venue there called the Sidebar. Yes, I've played there many times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah it's a great I, club. I, I ran sound, yeah, I ran sound there. I think it was um, 2002 to two, 2003, maybe, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Small world. That's too funny. (laughs) Then I came out to California. So here I am. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, just breathing in all the fires here that now we, now Mm. we have a thing now, now we have a uh, fire season. Didn't know that was a thing, but it is now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's all right. We're just trying to survive. And, um, uh, you know, this, as much as I want to sit here and complain, like, oh, my touring plans got botched. You know, people are dying. People are, you know, getting shot in the street. Uh, people are losing their homes to fires. At the end of the day, I'm just like, okay, so I didn't get to play shows yeah, for a yeah. year. Maybe maybe two. Big fucking deal. I'll survive. All right. So let's just back up a little bit before we go too far down any more rabbit holes. And since <laughs> this is your first time on our show, can you please yeah. tell our listeners all about Squeaky, where you come from, your origin story, and music and beyond? Yes, I can do that for you. Um, so, yeah, I started playing music when I was 14. Uh, so I'd say we're going on 26 years now. And wow. I just always, yeah. Yes, I know. I'm a young buck, but I love it. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, I just have always played. I haven't done anything else other than, your, you know, your normal day job or night job, depending on where, where my life I was at. And I just wanted to get into music to tour. That's all I wanted when I started playing. And um, I just wanted to see the world. I wanted to meet people. I uh, wanted to see new bands. Uh, just, just traveling was my main reason for playing music. Just let me jump in here real quick and ask you something. Yeah, please. Somebody with 25 years experience, like really being in the underground and DIYing it yourself. Do you feel like it's harder today to scratch out any kind of meaningful living from this because of social media? And this is pre-COVID. Who knows what COVID's going to do to the industry? But yeah. um, do yeah. you think even pre-COVID, over the years, has it just gotten tougher and tougher, just the nature of the beast? 
You know, it, it is. It is. Uh, every With technology, and I'm sure every musician says this, everybody just wants to stay home. And they can because they can see, they can watch live shows from, and this, and this was pre-COVID, like you said. People can see uh, live shows. There's YouTube now where there wasn't that uh, when I started touring. You know, obviously Facebook, uh, you know, everyone can keep in touch and see what their favorite bands are doing or find new bands without actually having to go to a show. You know, I, as you guys probably remember, you'd find bands because you'd go see a band that you like and then the two opening acts, you were introduced to them that way and either it was hit or miss. And some of my favorite bands I found by going to see another band and saying, oh, man, who's this? Also, right, it was a badge right, of right, honor yes. to find little-known bands back then. Now anybody can find anything. But when you had the, like, skinny on a band nobody heard of that was rad, that made you feel special 20, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. That's, I mean, and that's totally accurate. But I also, I see what you're saying, how you can find anybody now with technology. But I feel like most people aren't going out in in the technical world in YouTube looking for something. They're not looking for a band. So it ha- kind of has to fall in their lap, which don't get me wrong. It's, 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 that's helpful as well. I've, I'll get messages like, Oh, I never heard you before, but I, uh, you know, your friend, uh, uh, my friend posted your video. And so now I'm a fan and, you know, buy a CD or, or whatever the case is. But it, I mean, there's pros and cons. There was pros and cons both ways, and I don't want to be that person that's like I like it the way it used to be. But I don't know. It, there's a little more intrigue to it. You felt like you were part of an exclusive mm-hmm. club. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And it wasn't like it wasn't a scene. It was just like, oh, you know this band too. And it would be like, how did you find them? And then mm-hmm. it was, I don't know, that that's how you made friends. That's how you made conversation. And now it's like, oh, how'd you find them? Oh yeah, I saw them on YouTube. Oh okay, cool. And yeah. end of story. <laughs> <laughs> but um. So how many bands I, led I, you up to Year of the Fist? How many bands did you play with prior to Year of the Fist and um, Cut Rate uh, Drugs? That many, huh? Uh, well. Yeah, I've yeah yeah. Um, I would say maybe ten, ten to twenty, tw- maybe ten. I'd say ten. <laughs> gotcha. Oh, wow. That's my guess. But and I, you know, I spend a good amount of time in bands too. I don't just kind of duck in and duck out. But um, I do have a bad habit of playing in too many bands at one time. So two, I think, is now going to be my my max. No but such thing you know, as I'm too ha- many bands. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let me get this straight real quick. So with year with year of the fifth, I had read that um, that was actually the music that you made for that was basically supposed to be for a two piece, and and I know you you you're in cut rate druggist. So is that what came off of that? Um, I know, like you said, with your drunk uh, Hal's in both bands with you guys uh, with you, and, and you're in a relationship, of course. So was that how did that work out? How did that that dynamic work out? Where? Yeah, you know. Um, when we started seeing each other, we were dating long distance and um, I had actually met him on tour. Um, my band went on, my old band went on tour with his old band. And then we started dating long distance for a while. And um, I was thinking of moving up. He was living in um, Bremerton up in Washington state. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking of moving up there. Uh, and he told me he was ready to leave there and actually wanted to come to California. So I said, all right, let's see how this works out. And I've always 
loved his drumming. I loved touring with him. I would always watch him. Um, I just, I, I thought he was phenomenal. And yeah, so, yeah, he is. Oh, um, <laughs> I say, oh, <laughs> 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 that, that's such a girlfriend thing. Everybody, <laughs> um, everybody pause for the squishy. Squishy, oh. squeaky, oh. a little bit of squishiness from Squeaky. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, I thought he was killer, and I was like, "Would you want to play with me?" And let's do a two piece, because I kind, I had always wanted to do a two piece, because that's really something I'd never ventured out and done. And mm-hmm. he was like, "Yeah, let's give it a go." And so that was the beginning of Year of the Fist, and the first couple of songs we wrote ended up you know, being near the fist. But after we wrote these songs, we just kind of looked at each other and they're like, these aren't two piece songs. Like they're just not, it's just not working as a two piece. And I was like, you know, but we were like, all right, let's grab, let's grab some other people. We'll do another project together. And year of the fist, we just got so wrapped up in that, that we never, you know, we didn't try to do any, anything else for years. And we just started cut rate about a year and a half ago. Is that okay. because so, it was like kind of sticking with you? Like I still want to do this thing, this two piece yeah, thing. Yeah, I still, I really wanted to, and I was, um, I was really getting into playing bass as a guitar. Uh, so okay, that is okay. Kinda, yeah, so I, you know, I, I play on my bass. I have three strings, and they're, I just play chords on the bass, and it's, um. I, I write different. I write music differently like that. You know, pick up a guitar, I'll, I can write a song one way. Pick up the bass, and I write it completely different. And I, I started to realize there's a different, different sounds and different ways. And I uh, was singing to it, and, um, and so he he dug it. He was like, yeah, let's 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 just play some songs. And then it just went super fast after that. After we actually committed to a show before we before we even like had any full songs. We were oh, wow. asked to play. That's how you do yeah. it. That's that is, and that is, that is exactly yeah. how I have to do it. I have to commit because otherwise I will just procrastinate Dude, and say something's not ready. My first set <laughs> happened while my friend was in the bathroom. We had four thirty, <laughs> like we had four songs that were, I would say, sixty minutes to a minute and a half. You remember that Odell at um Highsmith? Yes. I think well, you might yes. have been in the band back then. Well, well, I remember one time. I remember one time you asked me to play drums uh, for you guys. I think I did a a one practice, and then I showed up at a party, and there was like a ton of people there. And Nick was like, "Hey, we go on in like twenty minutes." I'm like, "What?" What? <laughs> I think that oh, was really cheese though. But that first even Steven show, Skank came out of the bathroom and was like, "When are you guys playing?" And I was like, "You missed it." It was like our four minute set. I just wanted to have like one show under my belt and a band yeah. was together. I don't know. Maybe we were together about nine minutes at that point. Like we were new. Like we were together like literally a week and a half. And I booked this up high spin. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to book it and then we'll have to write songs. There you go. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the way it goes. And that's how I work best too. I need a deadline and then I'll get it going because I'm right there with I will you, tinker man. and tinker. Hey, what, what band were you guys in? I was in a band called Even Steven uh, a thousand years ago, back in, yeah. I would say, 98 to 2002. That's okay. the only one of any okay. substance that actually did anything. And I, yeah, I was in a band, uh, well, we were called Kid Dynamite, then we turned to Ona. And then in Baltimore, um, I was in a band, The Fallen One, and um, okay. and that was the one that, uh, that was the last band. Real, 
And then I play with some friends up here now, but we're all like dads, and we, you know, we play after the kids <laughs> go to sleep and all that fun stuff. What do you name your band at? All like dads. Uh, we pretty much should, but but all of those guys played around in different bands in Baltimore and stuff, so it's it's really cool because um, you know we still get to enjoy ourselves, so it's fun. I'm kind of yeah. surprised, dude, because we yeah. have dad jokes and dad bod. Why don't we have dad bands? When's that going to be? Okay? I know. <laughs> it, 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 I think I think it is. There's there's a lot of dad bands out there, but you know. <laughs> well, to embrace that as a genre, though, I think we should start like we the new genre tonight, dad rock. Dad post punk. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. hey, so um, you're I, I the think... best. You guys are going on ten years, right? You started in 2011. Yeah. 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 Wow. We, always, we we always argue on the year that we started because you know I, none of us really can remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we, we kind of we think about our first show, and that's kind of how we we do it. But um, yeah, almost up just about ten years now. That uh. Three of us have been playing together. Our bass player, Serge, um, he is the newest member. He joined us about a year and a half ago now. Um, okay. And our, yeah, our bass, you know, we kind of had bass players like, you know, Spinal Tap had drummers. Uh, they were right. kind of going in and, <laughs> in and out. Um, you know, I think, I think it's hard, too, to join a band when people have all been together for so long. And I think that was our problem after... Uh, our second basis and because then we then we were really kicking them out <laughs> not oh, not wow. literally assembly line them, not kicking them out literally not kicking them out but they were like you know uh we were just turning over um, yeah oh, right. it's not like menudo there for a moment <laughs> no we 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 we've never asked anyone to leave nice um so, 10 years coming up do you have anything planned big for the 10-year anniversary assuming we're all still here next year <laughs> Um, you know, we, we don't, uh, we don't actually. Um, and I'm, I'm a, I'm a planner. That's something I would totally plan to put together, but mm-hmm. I really, I don't, and I don't want to be a, you know, a, a grumpy Gus, but I don't think live music is going to be happening in 2021. Um, I want to be wrong about that. Let me just say, mm-hmm. I want to be completely wrong, but my gut tells me, uh, things aren't going to be happening. Um, but who knows, you know, maybe we can, you know, maybe we'll do an EP or something, you know, things are, honestly, things are changing by. I mean, that's a milestone. Moment. 10 years. You might have yeah, to rename your band Decade of the Fist. I know. <laughs> that's a huge milestone, man. 10 that's years huge. of doing anything's a milestone. Yeah. Well, thanks. Uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty stoked that we've been together too long and it's uh, too long so long and it, but it doesn't feel like too <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's been too long you know sometimes you're just like all right how much longer are we gonna do this but it's mm-hmm. so fun that it's just like why would why would we stop doing it it's a ton of fun and that's the most important thing you know that's the Absolutely. if you guys are having fun you're enjoying yourself especially now because if god knows you know <laughs> tomorrow is not guaranteed as we have all clearly seen this past year um so why not enjoy yourself and do what you love to do yeah i'm going to be a madman when the country opens back up and i didn't have my i didn't have the typical midlife crisis so i'm planning on having it next year (laughs) (laughs) that'll be my year of the double fist double fisting everything (laughs) yeah hang on tight baby we're in for some rough waters (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Here, the old saucy owls. All right, we're going to play a song. Um, 
Actually, one of my favorite singles of the year, The Fight. Is there anything you want to tell us about this masterpiece? Oh, man, thank you. Uh, That song was really really fun. Um, And actually, I was just commenting on it recently to um, my drummer that it's probably been my my favorite song that we've done in a while. It, it really, it came out right, right after, um, after uh, the George Floyd killing. And it it, it did, it was not written about that situation, but it was, it, it, it just came out at the right time where I felt like that's what that song was now about. Um, You know, and not, not necessarily just George Floyd, but the fight, like, you know, it's time to, time to fight back um but in generally in general the song was written just as a as a um, the feeling that i i had i while sitting at home not being able to you know play music go outside and our government was doing shit doing bupkis about so many people dying um so it kind of just it wrapped up in that time where everything came to a head all these things existed but they all came to this perfect storm where it was just like i'm now going to throw up because i can't handle it anymore um so i i I really love the song because it has that um feeling to me but the video i don't know if you guys have seen the video we tried to make it lighter in the sense of uh we shot it it's kind of like an old 80s dating video um so (laughs) No, I it's, thought I had uh, seen all your videos. I can't believe that one slipped past me. <laughs> it's it's pretty cute, I have to say. It's it's probably one of my favorites. <laughs> but um, it's 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 probably my favorite song that we've done out of the uh, summer singles. Out of the COVID era. Out of the COVID era, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> all righty, well, <laughs> let's play some the fight. <laughs>
Alrighty, we are back and all amped up with Squeaky from Year of the Fist and Cut Rate Druggist. Um, yeah. One of the things about this song, which I think is amazing, is you have a Muzak version to it on your band camp. <laughs> I have to ask you, has that Muzak version made its way into any elevators or dentist office yet? <laughs> I wouldn't know. I haven't gone to either. <laughs> I thought you were getting those sweet um, royalty checks from the elevator union. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait till those start rolling in. God, yeah. Is that Year of the Fist? Is that Year of the Fist playing? I can, I Year of the Fist playing. Best music ever to get a cavity fill to. The music That's right. version. How, like, how in the world did that happen? Give me the story behind that. That was actually amazing because when um, the – the video was edited by our bass player. And so he okay. sends us over. Yeah, he sends us over the draft. And during um, during the beginning of the video, as I said, it's like a dating video, an 80s dating video. You have Muzak playing as everyone's kind of introducing themselves. And the Muzak that was playing, I had um, just, uh, I think I had talked to him or responded somehow and just asked, hey, just make sure that we get royal royalty-free Muzak, um, you know, or let's make sure that we do the correct licensing on whatever we put underneath our talking. And he, his response back was, oh, well, yeah, I created Muzak, so what do you think of this? And so he sent over the Muzak, and me and Hal were in the kitchen, and Hal starts playing it. And he's like, look, listen, it's so cool. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is great. This is awesome. And then I'm like, huh, that sounds familiar. And it took a minute. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, that's our, that's the fight. That's our song. And how, how, how didn't pick up on it either. He was like, holy moly. So yeah, Serge, he wrote that and he wrote, composed all that. And uh, it was so good. And it was like four and a half minutes long that, we were like, why not? <laughs> Odell, um, even after all these years, you think you would recognize one of your songs if you got into the elevator and it was a Muzak version? Is someone Muzak <laughs> claim check behind your back or a hot it would rod be, or something? Yeah, it, it would be one of those things that you're sitting there, you know, and then as you get off, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> you, reali- you realize it afterwards. You're like, what's that? What I? Because I've, I've heard that a couple times. I've been in the, in the elevator and like, smells like teen spirit will come on and i'm like and then, you know and it's just like the chime you know i'm like huh. oh that is that's uh okay oh that's enter the sandman by metallica oh, oh. <laughs> yeah it's like you you start singing along with the music and you're like how do i how do i know what this is how am i singing along the music and you're like oh yeah, it smells like pizza. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if it's not Girl from Ipanema, it's a fraud. That's the only music I can So take that. All right, so um, let's kind of end with this. What is your prospect? Like when you, I mean, so many years in, and we're all musicians here to varying degrees, but you've been a mm-hmm. serious musician. It's been your bread and butter to an extent for, God, 25 years. Um, where do you see all this going? I mean, do you think music is irreverably changed forever? They're saying something like 80% of small clubs and venues are going to shut down for good. Yeah, that's scary. Um, I it's I keep seeing venues that I've played throughout so many years closing down, whether it's, you know, in, here in the States or in France or w- wherever. I have just seen 
nonstop, like, oh, say goodbye to, and it, it's heartbreaking. Um, I do, I do think things are changed for a long time. Um, and it's going to be hard. I think it's going to be really hard for DIY musicians, um, you know, like myself, simply because when it does, it when we are able to start playing live again, and I, you know, I don't even know how realistic touring is going to be because there's going to be so such a limited amount of venues and so many bands trying to to play and tour. You know, honestly, it's kind of hard enough when setting up tours. And we're, say, hitting, you know, New Orleans. And it's like, okay, out of the 17 rock venues in New Orleans, there's not a free, you know, the night we're going through, nowhere's, nowhere's un- unbooked. It's not a free right. night. Mm-hmm. You know, so with as many venues as we had before, like, it's, it's just going to be so much harder, which tells me that touring is going to be hard or non-existent for a band our size because you can't play every other night or every three nights and survive on the road. Right. But this could go another way, right? Because we live in a world where there is just, it's good and bad, right? Like anything else, yin and yang. (laughs) But we live in a world where everybody has access to put their music up online. And I mean, to a certain extent, almost anyone can get on Spotify with a little bit of elbow grease, but maybe this is going to be kind of like Darwinian in a sense that the, you're only going to see the bands survive this that deserve to survive this. Or the bands that survive this are bands that like really have their shit together and the cream will kind of rise to the top. And it'll be a calling in a sense of a lot of like fringe bands that were kind of serious, but not really serious. I mean, this might just really up the game for everybody where we see a lot of good music come out of this post-COVID era. Yeah, I think there will definitely be a lot of good music, uh, you know, post-COVID, especially with our you know, government the way it is and mm-hmm. the ridiculous, the ridiculousness going on in, you know, the White House and mm-hmm. that orange dude. So I think there's a lot of good, mu- a lot of good music slowly been coming out, but, you know, every year, you know, oh, yeah. more and more ridiculous. And, and you know, hopefully, hopefully it stops soon, yeah, uh, <laughs> but there's a chance it won't. Um, so yeah, I, as I do agree that it will, you know, it, it will see, I don't want to say weed bands out because that's not what I want. Like, I don't want right. bands to disappear because they just can't hack it. That, that makes me feel terrible. It's going to be, I think a bit more competitive. And when I, and that's, and that's a problem because bands shouldn't compete. There's that co- competition shouldn't be a thing amongst you know musicians or bands because just because someone likes one band mm-hmm. see mean, i'm gonna disagree with you there i think competition what? keeps everybody sharp and everything fresh ah. well and as when you've seen look at what happened with wrestling look what happened as long yeah, as friendly. it's friendly it's yeah i'm not talking friendly. cutthroat competition yeah, yeah. But look what happened with wrestling right there was a time when there was a bunch of different wrestling options and that competition that wwf war with wcw whatever kept that product mm-hmm. sharp and then once Vince mm-hmm. McMahon absorbed all those other little franchises, then the whole thing went to like it just went down the drain quality wise because there wasn't that buffer to push against. So yeah, I believe in a little bit of competition in the music world. I think that's okay. I think that's okay in any avenue of life, honestly. Uh, I I will have to respectfully disagree with you. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Yeah, I, you know, and 
obviously I'm one of those people. I want to see everyone make it. I want to see everybody. And when I say make it to me, making it is just being, being happy. I want to see everyone be, you know, I, I love seeing musicians go out there and give it their all. And I just want people to feel, you know, appreciated and respected for that. And I just think it's when I say things are going to get competitive, I don't, I don't necessarily mean amongst musicians, like, getting fan a fan base it's going to be as i said before like getting into shows you know true true that's where yeah you hit it on the spot you don't want the you know there was a lot there was a time there where you had to pay to play so you know yeah now that's some bullshit yeah you don't want that to start happening where like well you know we have all these bands lined up so what are you going to give us for you to you know play here um exactly yeah i I totally i get where you're coming from on that yeah yeah i you know that's Call me a hippie. At the end of the day, I just want everyone to be happy, sing Kumbaya together, uh, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe a more punk rock version of that. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I, I, I just don't want to see music, any, any style, any, any genre. I don't want to see it go down the drain because of COVID. And oh, I mean, no, what a no. shitty way, yeah, I hope, shitty reason yeah. to go out. I hope you, you don't think that's what I'm saying. Of course, I don't want music to go down the drain. I'm just coming from more no, of the no, no, no. Oscar Wilde, like without order, nothing can exist. Without chaos, nothing can evolve. Like you have to have kind of that, um, like I said, that buffer, that thing to push against, that competition that keeps everybody sharp. And I think this will reset itself and maybe something even more beautiful will kind of come out of this all up the road. Yeah, I can I can see that. And, you know, I kind of see the competition um, aspect of it when you say that, I think of the competition of not, you know, bands against bands, but kind of musicians against the world. I want everyone to, when you say up their game, but yeah, I want them to up their game to survive and, you know, to fight for venues to still be open, you know, contact uh, whoever right. you need to, to get assistance, things of that nature is where, you know, I want bands to, you know, start stepping up. And that's also an excellent point, too. Just like Reaganomics brought a lot of the great punk of the 80s, um, this is going to bring and has been bringing a lot of really excellent music. And it's motivated and mobilized people in a way I don't think I've seen since the early punk days. I I, I agree with you there. I absolutely do. I mean, it sucks that the reasons why we have to get motivated, like, really, we it's it's still fighting sexism, racism, racism. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's, it's crazy, it, it, right? It blows my mind. It makes like we'll me have Dave Victor just... on here from MDC from millions of dead cops and, or yeah. someone like our friend Al Piss will be on here. I'll be like, can you believe your fucking songs are still this relevant? Police brutality yeah. and racism and sex and all these songs, all these things you were fighting against back in the eighties and nineties, like those songs are still relevant. Those songs should not be relevant anymore. We should have new fights on the table. We shouldn't still be fearing Roe versus Wade getting overturned fifty years after the fact. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. It's yep. it's gross and it's you know it, it makes me at a loss for words because I'm just like how do I, I mean what do I say other than this is stupid fucking stop. I mean there yeah. I mean obviously there's a lot more to be said, but it gets so overwhelming that. How? Just how? <laughs> I, I know, man. All right, well, let's go on a positive note here. Yes, uh, please, please. 
Tell us something happy. Anything coming up that you're looking forward to? A birthday, uh, Christmas. How are you going to do the Halloween? Me and Dee have been struggling and looking up. We were thinking about having a Halloween party. And then um, Dee pulled this article that says we should have individual wrapped plates. And it was just going to be like this outbreak type movie like party, like the way that they wanted stuff done. Um, or the way they suggested <laughs> that stuff be done, I should say. What do you got coming yeah, up? Give me yeah. something happy you got coming up. You know, um, I do have my 40th birthday coming up, so that's Woo! exciting. Nice. And yay. And so, Are you guys um, playing it? We, no, no. Uh, God, we haven't played since March. I don't even know. We probably won't play again probably till March of next year, if then. <laughs> but um, we uh, just, just the band is going to get together. Um, we're, we're really good with our uh, social distancing. We all... We all have reasons that we need to be extra, you know, right. about it. And uh, so the four, the four of us uh, plus uh, Katie's wife will be joining us, and um, we're just going to do a nice, relaxing couple days, hang, and uh, try to escape from the world to celebrate my fortieth. No better way um, to escape than it, or to yeah, celebrate your fortieth than escaping from the world for sure, man. Yeah, so we're going to be bubbling before then and then keep ourselves in a little bubble during that. Um, but yeah, that is probably the most exciting thing going on <laughs> in my life right now. You know, I don't really see people. I don't go out. I don't really do much. We, none of us really do any events or anything like that. So uh, it's funny how I used to complain how every weekend I had something to do. And uh-huh. <laughs> You know, Whammy. <laughs> but um, and as far and as far but as far as the band, we do have uh, another single coming up, and it's a cover. So we'll be releasing that in the next couple weeks. Cool. Nice. And can you say what song you're covering, or is that a big surprise? It's a surprise. It's going to be released on a special day for a special reason. Right. All right. Uh, all righty. Well, happy yeah. birthday. Thank you yes. for going into so our much. show. You were a complete delight. And before you. you go Thank out you. the door, please tell everybody where to find you on the interwebs. As everybody, you can find You're the Fifth and Cut Rate Druggist on Facebook. Just search the name. It's the only ones there. Uh, there's band camps. There's Just Google us. You know, Google. Just go Google. Google, Google us. Use the <laughs> Google machine. All righty, Squeaky. Just I want to thank you for calling in. Yeah, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much for yeah, thank you guys. I hope I didn't, you know, over talk. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm the only one who could over talk on this show. I ramble like an old man sometimes and D has to give me the digital stink eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, I'm a rambler too. I'm a rambling woman, so I'm with you. <laughs> what did you say, D? You're the stink eye? You're the stink eye. I love it. Oh, God. <laughs> All righty, Squeaky. Thank you. Thank right. you, Squeaky. All right. Thank you, guys. Right. Take care. You too, Take man. care. You be safe, too. All right. Thanks. Bye. 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 All righty. Time to wrap it up. Well, we've got yes. another show coming right up. <laughs>